we have this one last phone call where it's me flailing and crying because now I've lost control of my emotional stability. And her saying, you scared me. Yeah. Was like the last line and me going like, but, but I love you and then click. And I think that was the last thing we ever said to each wow. other. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bad Times Good Stories Podcast. My name is Joe Flanders. I hope that this is the best goddamn day of the summer that you've had so far. Granted, it's only been like, I don't know, a week? When does summer start? I don't even know when things start. That's the one I'm not going to complain because I understand people from L.A. complaining about weather, I'd want to punch them in the face. But it's hard to tell when things change. The seasons and everything, I don't know. Everything's just just dandy. Uh, anyway, however long it's been summer, I hope today is just the best day so far. I am really excited to share with you today's episode with Brian Bernard Bernane, and we are talking about a number of things that sort of all have to do with, uh, I would say, the worst relationship of his life. Uh, it was more just a, uh, as he says, kind of a, an insane roller coaster of emotions. Um, they never were quite dating. I guess they were. I don't know. It's just, uh, I can relate. I've been in situations like that where you're like, we're spending a lot of time together, but something feels off. But something feels great, so I'm going to keep doing this, but it's not going to end well. And that was the case with Brian. Um, it was a really interesting conversation. He's a, he's a smart guy, and, and I enjoyed uh, talking with him sort of just about um, growing up in a small town that then sort of um, took off in a way, and it's got uh, a lot of people moving there. Uh, we talked about class uh, and sort of where um, social class, I guess I should say, and uh, the effect that had on this on this situation Brian found himself in. Um, just a, a wide range of topics, uh, including how neither of us really take care of ourselves when our girlfriends are out of town. So it was a good episode. So it was a really great conversation. And um, I think Brian really kicks himself for how he handled this. But I've got to say, as I told him, I don't think he comes off as a monster. I think he just comes off as uh, human. So, um, you know, we've all handled certain situations with people, not in the best way, um, but maybe we were doing the best we could in that moment. Not an excuse to let ourselves off of doing something terrible. I just don't think he did anything terrible. I think he was just confused and young and... Uh, anyway, uh, I think it's just... Uh, it's a really interesting conversation about toxic relationships. So I hope you enjoy it. We did laugh a lot. And uh, if you did enjoy it, give us the five stars, please, on the iTunes. We're up to 65 now. So thank you to everyone who did that. Can we get to 68 by next week? How about that? A modest goal. Um, yeah, you can email me at badtimesgoodstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Check out badtimesgoodstoriespod.com for past episodes, merch, and a link to that Patreon page. 
so you can support the show and me so that I can continue doing this. Uh, that would be great. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Brian. So how how's it going? Living the the sedimentary uh, bachelor lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's is your girlfriend out of town or something? Yeah, my uh, she works for an artist who does like these big installation pieces. So oh, cool. she's been out of town two weeks in a row at Coachella, um, which is a, a is a nightmare to me. I would never. Yeah. Any kind of outdoor festival. Yeah, it sounds like hell. Okay, so but she's been so she was at Coachella, so you've been doing like the bachelor thing? I've been living the the bachelor life. Yeah, I have too. My girlfriend uh is actually getting back today uh from Ireland. She's been there for like a week on business. And um you know, it's I'm definitely happy she's coming back. There was a part of me that was really excited about like the independence and I can do whatever I want. But then I've basically come to the conclusion that she provides like the self-worth and dignity in myself <laughs> that I don't give myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the motivation, <laughs> motivation to exist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, I should probably look into that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like it's just the day I dropped her off, I went to Pizza Hut and got a Pizzone, which I would never <laughs> ordinarily do in the company of somebody who I want their opinion of me to be good yeah even if they do want even if they would eat it with you right you kind of don't want to see each other in that light yeah yeah so you're like yeah. what's the trash is like this morning i just ate a, a, a egg mcmuffin on sure. my way here yeah and that's something i would never probably eat around my girlfriend and i went as far as to put the hash brown on oh. the sandwich <laughs> yeah. and i just drove drenched in shame <laughs> yeah that's like when I, uh, before I moved in with, with my girlfriend and I was even living with roommates, I went through a rough patch of just eating garbage all the time. And it was just like a beeline to my, I didn't want anyone to see the bag I was carrying. I just would go <laughs> straight to my bedroom and close the door. And only was I, only when I could be alone with the shame could I tolerate the food. But if they even were like, oh, you went to Jack in the Box? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just throw it away. Nope, nope, this is just trash. So anyway, yeah, I mean, this is embarrassing as hell. But yeah, so I, I dropped her off the airport, went straight to Pizza Hut. <laughs> I was going to get a Pizzone. Uh, which is just a pizza folded over. Yeah, um, it's a it's a, a full size pizza hot pocket. That, that's precisely right. Yeah, uh, and I was just gonna get that, and then they had like a two for ten thing. So then I got like a pasta thing, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this will last for like two days. And I just ate it all in one. What, what kind of pasta was it? Uh, creamy chicken alfredo. It was. It was. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I, I knew it. Yeah. Did you? What you should have done is. Bite open the pizzone, let that heat out. Yeah, now you've got that air pocket. Yeah, and just shove the oh, the pasta yeah. in there because it all basically tastes the same. And it's all going to kill you anyway. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and just shove that. St- then blend it. Just blend yeah. it and drink it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Just pour, like melt a pint of Ben and Jerry's and just dump it in there. And yeah, I, I last night ate a chicken bacon ranch pizza. Oh, boy. <laughs> in bed. That is the most decadent pizza. It's an unnecessary. Oh, very much so. Back home where I'm from, there's like a a little pizza place that makes chicken bacon ranch slices. And they're like grandma style and they're very thin crust. And it's like nice chicken and bacon. And then like they put ranch as a drizzle on the top. Right. right? And this place I ordered from last night was ranch was the sauce. (laughs) So the whole pizza was basically made of things that should be garnishes and sides. (laughs) And the dough was like. 
It was basically focaccia. <laughs> like I basically ate like an entire loaf of bread, an entire bottle of ranch, and like like fourteen bacon strips. <laughs> and it's like because it's a different delivery system, you don't right. really consider what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm glad I'm glad she's coming back. I'm sure you're you're in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. I well, like I worked at kitchens for ten years and I, I think I'm pretty good at, at cooking. Yeah. And I but I like to cook for other people more. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate to cook for myself. If I cook yeah. for myself, I'm gonna make a slab of meat with yep. gravy of some sort. Like yep. that's that's the American meal to me. Yep. But if my girlfriend's around, like the other night, it's like it's like, oh, I made this wonderful steak with with chimichurri sauce to make a steak salad oh. with with fresh burrata and like like uh, uh, fresh pickled uh, 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 cucumbers and quick pickled red onions and what? oh yeah, a whole spread yeah. took me an hour and a half. Like listening to music, dancing around while I'm doing it. And now she's gone and I'm I'm eating chicken bacon ranch fucking <laughs> death pizza. And there's three slices uh, in my in my fridge, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought about eating one for breakfast. Sure, yeah. Because why not? Yeah, exactly. It's there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always we can move past our gluttonous <laughs> ways, uh, but with pizza, I always in my head rationalize it as like an investment that this is several days worth of food. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, it's not. And even if it does. That's just several days of eating garbage. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost even worse. Even if it does financially, you can re- get your wrap your head around it. It's still just like you're prolonging the garbage. You know what's funny too, though? Like you know, you know what you're doing. Like you're doing it in in a way to make yourself uh, the, 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 like you're like ah, I'll be shameful because I don't have these judging eyes, right? right. But I still I bet you still shit with the bathroom door closed when she's gone. Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Why do we do that? I don't want the ghosts. <laughs> Because the door's gonna stop me. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's people who live alone who just like shit with the bathroom door open. Right. They just don't yeah. care. Yeah. I mean, I keep it, I lock it. I lock yeah. it still. And I'm like, and in my head, there's two things. I'm like, A, like, is there a fear that someone's gonna break into my house and then they're gonna come in and I'm shitting? Right. Which is insane. But then my second fear is B, I've locked the door and I'm gonna Elvis it and like blow a gasket while I'm shitting and die. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, well, who's got, nobody even needs to get in here. So just, just fear and shame while my girlfriend's yep. gone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Me too. So, um, so I'm excited because, uh, I don't know what story you're telling, but apparently it is one that you were not thrilled to even talk about. No. Um, but you're willing to for the sake of, uh, this podcast. And I appreciate that. I, I was, as I was driving over here, I like, I was thinking, like, I don't want to seem uh, uh, like like uh, like flippant or or uh, like I'm trying to start conflict, but I got I, like, why do you do this? <laughs> the show? Yeah. Why do you? Sure. <laughs> um, That's a reasonable question. The reason I do the podcast is because, and I hear this from people when they email like listeners of the show. It's just like a chance to remind all of us that we're all human and we've all done shitty things we've been through shitty things and generally speaking we overcome them sure so it's supposed to sort of have like so you know the fact that like it seems like you learned something from that like that's kind of the goal of most of these episodes right it's just to talk about something really shitty that um you know you've learned like i had a, a sex ad a former sex addict on uh-huh. and he basically talked about how that ruined his life and now he's like celibate by choice uh-huh and has learned you know and like burned a lot of bridges and all that kind of stuff so yeah i mean i've had people on who have gone deep into stuff that does not paint them in a flattering light. Yeah. Uh, but it's ultimately like, I want you to be comfortable. So it's, well, I'm never know. comfortable. So that's, okay. the, <laughs> that's not a worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, 
Well, do, you, do you want to tell it? Well, the heart of the story, <laughs> like to me, to? well, there's parts of it. There's a version of the story that is like, uh, like a shitty indie rom-com from from like the early aughts right and like and that yeah and that's no not garden state like something darker and like like there's a movie called all the real girls oh yeah i love it david gordon green that right there is the story in a lot of fucking ways okay the moment when he when she comes back with the haircut i don't know if anybody saw the movie but you should yeah it's one of the best it's great hard to watch and it's cringy and the guy's a piece of shit yeah paul schneider yeah paul schneider is a piece of shit you got zoe dashanel uh-huh and when (laughs) she comes back with that haircut after everything's gone and he like turns her into this uh monolith for for something that he earned and deserved and like has that flip out at the baseball field where he tells her like just put your hair back on and come back and like punches the ground like i personalized so hard with that fucking feeling okay um so it it's it, and and you know in the in it progressive way this is like this is like the progressive world we live in you know this is very much like it's toxic masculinity mm-hmm. it's uh, uh abuse of alcohol it's classism it's uh my brain is warped by media and pop culture so i think of everything in in architectures and and sure. uh, archetypes rather and yeah. and like there's a part of my brain that has eaten so much television that like like you know how people have like seasonal depressional disorder yeah. right mine comes from that in the in the way that like life has a season finale in may and then summer is non-existent and then september the season premiere and like yeah that's how my brain works okay well should we dive in i moved back from virginia when i'm 22 years old i lived in virginia for a little while with a friend of mine with two friends of mine um just to uh find that sense of self and independence really okay. you know, where are you coming from uh upstate new york right yeah you yeah. like a, a small town that's not so small now yeah yeah, yeah exactly right. and this is you know and that like if i wrote this as a novel that would be part of the the metaphorical aspect of it right okay right and so right. as i moved away from my town it was just starting the growing pains of going from like a post-industrial wasteland to a brooklyn gentrified uh uh uh, staycation destination sure okay which it is now yeah so when i moved back there it it, it's been seven or eight months and a lot of things have changed and there's a new wave of young hip individuals who have moved into my town and i as a townie but as someone who's been gone kind of bridge a gap between being a shitty townie and being someone who has a connection to this new class of right, people. Right. Right. And so one of these people is this girl in question. Um, I don't want to say her name. Should we Which, give her a fake one? Yeah. That's what I was trying to think. Uh, what would be a good name? Uh, Roberta. Roberta. No, that's <laughs> Roberta. Sound like I'm dating a diner waitress. So I met her late, Martha. late at night, 1230 at night. Roberta, she's single mother. <laughs> Her husband left on a, a truck a trucking destination, crashed his 18-wheeler. He's been in a coma ever since. <laughs> She's looking for love. And I knew, you know, beauty's skin deep. When she refilled my coffee for the fourth time, <laughs> I knew. And we struck up a conversation yeah. about the pie. Yeah. Um, uh, let's just call her... Uh, um, uh, Allison. Allison. Let's go with Allison. Cool. Yeah, because cool. I like that uh, that uh, uh, song. Yep, right. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, so a friend of mine comes to a party with this, with Allison and he's trying to win this girl over and this girl is, uh, beautiful in the traditional sense and how I would describe it is like uh, a face soap commercial, beautiful, okay. you okay. know, and yeah. like that was kind of her life and she would probably be a character on like gossip girl or, sure. or, or the OC or something like that, yeah, you know, yeah. tall, uh, 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 great to look at, um, mm-hmm. great personality, super smart, uh, comes from a little bit of privilege, um, and my friends and I, we're all shitty, like, skateboard kids. Right. Okay. You know, and at this time, I'm like 22, 23. Um, you know, we're drinkers. We, we do drugs. Um, you know, we like to hang out in the woods and shit like that. You know, yeah. That, those kinds of kids. Sure. So we have no uh, connection with this new world that has moved in. And this individual kind of uh, represents, in a way, this new world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to win her over. Okay, so he's trying to get... Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm a classist, and and I have my prejudices, and I'm like, fuck this girl, fuck this, fuck this. Right. And she kind of puts him through the ringer with no interest in him whatsoever, Mm -hmm. and that all falls apart. Okay. So that's a little precursor to this. So, But she exists in the town, and I don't know how it started, but um, we, like, message online for some reason. Okay. And I'm kind of, I'm a dick. I'm a dick to her. I'm standoffish. And I'm like, you know, like, I don't know what you want or who you are. Or did why. she initiate the conversation? I really think she did. Yeah. Because yeah, I had no interest. Right. Whatsoever. And also like, because I'm terrible at, at, at this point in my life, I'm terrible at, at flirting, at dating, at sex, at uh, being a human being. Beyond, sure. Like did a, you have much experience at that point? That yeah, I only had, I had one girlfriend who at that time I was kind of on the rocks with and I'd been with her for like eight years. And this was a girl that like, I probably, I intended to marry, you know, like maybe not eight years at this point, probably like seven, six years, something like that fucking matters. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I, I mean, and that was the only girl I'd ever had sex with. Mm-hmm. What happened? Um, between her and I? Yeah. Uh, that becomes a whole nother epic. <laughs> But it basically like it finally gets to a point with her and I where I she lives in uh, a different state and we kind of have like an open relationship kind of thing. And I don't know if we're like drenching ourselves in the comfort of nostalgia or a specific plan, but we're not admitting to each other what's wrong with the relationship and how we're holding each other back. And I do think it like fucked up my 20s a little bit. Yeah. Having this it always made me trepidatious with other girls because I'm like, well, how do I? How do I balance the two of them? Right. Kind of just a cloud hovering. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, you're like, on one hand, I have the stability of this individual. And on the other hand, like I could start something new and exciting. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I, I didn't allow myself to have new and exciting things. Sure. Because of this, right. you know, it's yeah. like an identity crisis kind of thing. Right. Um, and it basically came to a point where I called her one night. Um, she had met somebody and they were like hitting it off. And I, she came to town and we didn't see each other. And this was like the first time. Mm. And we tried to make plans to see each other. And she kind of like she was standoffish about it. So I like manned up, you know, through tears. And was like, I don't think we should talk anymore. You know, yeah. I think we should. And she kept calling me back. Da, da, and I and I cut it off. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, horrible. And then six months later, like I see on Facebook of all places, you know, like she went to France. Right. Mm. And it's not like she went with this dude or anything. She just went to France. And this idea that she has six months of stories right. of jokes of adventures of anecdotes of heartbreaks of happiness of joys of successes that i'm not a part of all just hits me yeah like a fucking like yeah. avalanche of like what the fuck yeah. oh my god what did i do yeah what did i do and you know and 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 there's a part of you 
And I think this is a problem with men in general. And this is, a, this is at the heart of the whole story too, of, of women as not property, like that's the wrong thing, but as identity, as our identities right. and our conquests and our, our trophies, mm -hmm. that is like a fucked up thing. I think we're, we, we have moved away from that in a society, but this is like, this is, pre-Obama years, right? right. Like the, this, the, the generation I'm talking about where those romanticized Lloyd Dobler fucking John Cusack style, again, right. stories that have inundated our brains yep. have created this romanticized nature of us as the schlubby loser who, who, who wins in the end. And it's like, no, you didn't, you don't, you don't earn a, another human being. You know, I always go by the, the flat, like people say like, uh, um, I deserve you or I deserve this. And yeah. nobody deserves no. anyone. On a, a, qu a quick side note, uh, speaking of say anything, the Cusack movie, I actually learned that monologue that he talks about how he doesn't <laughs> want to do anything. Mm -hmm. I memorized it for a girl. I was trying to uh, win, essentially. Right, right. And I, it was like Halloween and I got a trench coat. Yeah. And I like did the whole thing and halfway through, I could tell she's very uncomfortable. Yeah, like, you gross piece of shit. You're yeah, disgusting. What? Yeah. Like this isn't a contest. Like <laughs> I'm not just going to like give you points because you memorized this thing. Right, right. And it did not go well. How, how old were you? I was 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and like at the time you, you're looking at yourself as 20 as being this mature yeah. individual who's like, like 20s are the 20s are the middle school of adulthood. Yeah. It's just so it's like you're you're hitting like adult puberty. Yeah. And, exactly. and you think you have an identity and you have no grasp no, of it no. whatsoever. Yeah. And she was like a freshman and I was a sophomore. So there was like that little bit like, I'm cool. I know what's going on, you know? Right, and, right. And uh, yeah, and I just kept going and doing it. And yeah. And uh, on, the, on the sliding scale scale of like male uh, uh archetypes like you're just that much closer to an incel yeah you know yeah. You're, like now you're like yeah you're fucking incels and weirdos but when you look i guarantee 80 percent of the men we know were those dudes yes yeah. you know and we've had to learn yes yeah not how to, to be a fucking person yeah how to be a person <laughs> how not to be gross yeah just weird. weird like what no it doesn't take this grand gesture yeah in fact that's just an it's off-putting yeah grand <laughs> gestures are for someone that you've been with and right. love and know yes yeah and, and trust each other yeah you get your girlfriend of several years the surprise trip to hawaii right not exactly. the girl that you're trying to get on a first date <laughs> anyway so yeah so and so i call her up and 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 i i like frantically and drunk and like like try and patch things over and i just keep digging myself into a worse yeah. hole and she maybe hasn't gotten over me right but has started to right get over the me. wall is being built so to speak uh, it yeah. looks like we can't go back and do that yeah and like yeah. when i when i like like very boldly said we should talk to each other anymore like i remember one text was like like I guess you're not going to answer the phone. So I guess I'm just going to cry myself to sleep again, you know? And, and I just uh, did nothing. I just, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like in my head, it was like, let a baby cry itself to sleep, right. you know, like yeah. not calling her a baby, but just no, that mentality yeah. of like, this has to happen right. for both of us for the better, betterment of both of right. us. And by the, the end of it, like now we don't talk like right. she's like, you're a gross weirdo. And yeah, I nice nice guide my way into like being a person who uh, like we had to cut it off entirely. Yeah, and it's so weird to have someone that like we trusted each other so much and right. shared so many intimate things, and now it's like a complete stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird. I've had those experiences too. And yeah, it's just it's bizarre. <laughs> uh huh. You know, and it's just. Yeah, it's not like you think about it every day, but when you do, it's just like, huh. Yeah, and like at this know. point, I'm at this point where I'm like, yeah, okay. 
Well, she, like she's married to that guy now. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it's like, okay. I sure. think I, I, in ways I'm like, I dodged a bullet. I like, we never would have worked out. She's a very stable individual who wants a house and dogs and right. kids and shit like that. And I'm a person who lives out of his van for six months. Right. And yeah. Yeah. You know, like I like to go out to drink and, 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 and meet homeless people. Like, sure. It's interesting to me. <laughs> right. like, it's fun. Yeah. I like, I like, I like the dredges of the world. Right. And yeah. Okay. So you're back home. You call her. It doesn't go well. Uh, this other girl who you're not into. Well, so that, oh, okay. that happens later. Like oh, that's okay. a, like that's a post script okay. to okay. this. So we're doing a very, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, <laughs> narrative here. Yeah. You guys can pierce it, piece it together later. So sure. this girl messages me. Um, I'm in a band at the time, of course, because I'm that dude, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just the lead singer for a band and she like shows interest in coming to see our band. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Come down, you know, come see our band. And she's like, well, will you walk me there? And I'm like, what? And you know, she's like, will you walk me you know, to the show? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, co I'll come meet you at your house. Like we live on a main street. That's like a mile and a quarter long, very yeah. small, like easily walkable thing. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll come meet you. Um, and of course, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And I yeah. don't hit her up and I don't, I just ignore her. And I'm just like, that's like, you know, in a little way, I'm like, <laughs> what a fool. Right. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it keeps then she comes in i work at a, a coffee shop and she comes in there mm -hmm. and like is flirting with me and in a way that i know she's flirting with me and i'm i'm if you guys could see the video version of this i'm not like again and this is a terrible thing that we've been taught is i'm like she's out of my league right in my mentality and because of that it isn't like I hold it against her. Right. And like, yeah, again, yeah. in like, I guess like in a, 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 a aesthetic classism. Yes. Right. 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 And I'm like, well, it, it, I'm waiting for the carry moment for the pig's blood to get dropped on me. Sure. I'm like, you're fucking with me for some reason. Right. So I'm going to fuck with you back. Right. And so I'm standoffish. I'm a total dick. I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm at an arm's length with this girl. And I don't know if that inundates her to me or makes me more attractive or what, but it's totally accidental on my part. Sure. Yeah. So then I go to the city because we live near New York city. We take a train, go to the city all the time, we go to the city for a show. So then I'm, I'm on the train on the way home and she's on the train and she really? comes and sits down with me. There's like a four person seat and my two buddies sit like somewhere else. And so we talk on the, on the way home on the train home <clears throat> and we kind of like, yeah, we hit hit it off, mm. you know, and I'm kind of drunk. She's kind of drunk. And yeah, I guess like from there, then we decide, hey, yeah, let's hang out for real. So, so on that on that ride, you kind of lowered your guard a little bit and found some sort of common ground or interest. Yeah. And it was very much like I like there was something fun about the mental sparring that we had created. Sure. You know, um, and I think we both enjoyed it. And I think and, and in that way, we kind, we kind of found a mutual respect for each other. Right. Okay. So you hit it off. So we hit it off and uh, then we have a, we like hang out. And again, being the kind of person that was raised in a small town with, with my shitty friends, you know, um, a lot of our identity is tied into, you know, some people's identity is they're a Taylor Swift fan, right? Mm -hmm. Or some people's identity is they like Marvel movies, you know, or uh, some people's identity is I'm the skateboarder, right? And right. in a lot of small towns, and I think this is another thing, like we don't really talk about <clears throat> in America, right? Like we we love the fact that we're a country of drunks. And yeah. we, we love the fact that we, we, we're all potheads. And then like, we don't talk about, 
the separation of that as a as a uh, a recreation mm-hmm. and that as an identity. Sure. You know, and I think a lot of small towns, a lot of kids, especially men, tie in their identity to being the drunks. Like right. I can out drink you. Let's play a drinking game. You mm-hmm. know, like those kind of things become our identities. Right. And it's horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. It's a horrible fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, it's I can identify it with uh, like I'm from Ohio and I think we have 300 breweries. It's like the third most in the country. Right. And have a brewery isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's when it's tied into that, when your identity is alcohol. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of people. Dangerous. Yeah. And I think a lot. It happens to a lot of people in and and and. They at a certain point, people grow up. Right. And and alcohol kind of it shouldn't be your identity anymore and there's people who it it doesn't ever leave them right just like there's people who should stop crying at like 34 because taylor swift announced a new album right like that shouldn't be your identity right totally and i was that way in 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 high school like my identity was like duke basketball right because my parents went there they met there i had a connection to the place and i would sit in the basement with the lights out during games and pace back and forth and my like happiness the next next day would be determined by whether or not they won sure and then as i got older and like you know i'd have work and forget that the game was on right or whatever and that's and and it's less detrimental because like your health isn't in in exactly this is different than drinking or something like that but But yeah i just correlates i I got to a point where it was just like okay my life is not impacted whether they win or lose right and with alcohol i think a lot of people tie in their identities with alcohol and i think a lot me and my friends uh definitely tied our identities into being the drunks, the the party guys, right? right? And like, I've got three friends who are now sober who had to go through AA and shit. I have a friend who's dead because he, you know, went to drugs and OD'd on heroin. I yeah. have a friend in jail. You know, uh, uh, there's been car crashes. There's been fights. There's been horrible shit because we never broke the identity that we we delivered for ourselves of being like the nihilists, the drunks, the party animals, the wild ones. Right. And it fucked up our adult life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it snuck through. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that honest enough for you people? <laughs> Are you getting what you want? <laughs> like, here's the out of context sound bites of how shitty Brian is. Like, <laughs> I don't, I think you've said nothing that is incriminating <laughs> thus <right>. far. <laughs> You're just being honest about the world you grew up in. Yeah. So, so, and, so me and my, this girl, uh, what do we, Allison, um, like we, f- we go out, um, and with a friend and at this point I have like a, 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 like a big scraggly beard. Um, and, and I'm smoking pot all the time, I'm smoking cigarettes and, and drinking and she's into it. She's like, she's a post-college individual who like fucking graduated with honors, like yeah. super smart. I, she's probably a doctor right now or yeah. a lawyer or a scientist or something. Sure. I have no idea, but she's probably like something like so respectable. Yeah. Um, and I'm here uh, talking about it on a podcast. In my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. In your kitchen after discussing my chicken bacon ranch. <laughs> Disgust. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, um, so she's got that that again, and I think it's part of the identity that she took from college. You know that a lot of people take from post college that you have to find yourself after for a while. But you know, she likes drinking. You know, it's time to party. And I remember we went to this Irish pub, and she ordered 
mind erasers. And she's like, let's drink oh, mind boy. erasers. And I'm like, I just want to drink beer. Right. You know, maybe some whiskey, but usually I just want to drink a pitcher of beer. And she's like, let's get mine. And I don't even remember what was in a mind eraser, but it's like, it's fitting. Yeah. You yeah. your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was some gross, like mixture of like Jaeger and like liqueur and like Bailey's and like yeah. something that just didn't make sense. And you're like, this is so gross. Yep. Um, and you got to drink it with like a coffee stir straw. Like, <laughs> And we're at like this again, like blue collar small town pub, mm-hmm. and and the bartender is this Irish dude who's just like a biker, you know. Yeah. And he's just like, "What the hell's a mind eraser?" Just like <laughs> he has to blow dust off of liquor bottles, <laughs> you know, and like to figure out how to make these things right. for us. Um, and like I remember that night, like uh, we go back to her place, and I'm with a friend of mine, and it's her, me, and this friend, and, like, I roll a spliff at her house, and she's like, ah, weed, like, grosses, sicks me out, I think she said, um, and, and so we're, like, laying there, and she's, like, laying not on me, but basically on top of me, right, Mm. and my buddy is like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off, and I just go, like, yeah, me too, and I kind of, like, like, literally, like, toss her, like off of me and like she's a babe right yeah. and like but it's making me so nervous and so like there's like i'm only going to now now i've gotten into like not like what do i mean to you but what do you mean to me and it's 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 this is going to an embarrassment and disappointment and as soon as if i got my clothes off you're gonna like you're gonna be like get the fuck out you know and right. it's like and 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 i don't know if i want to wager on this because i've got this other girl right now like I, I don't know what this is and I, it's fire and I don't want to play with it. So I bounce. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this inundates her with me. I think she's like, what is wrong with this dude? You know, I don't know. Right. I, I, I can't be sure. But I like, for some reason, I think this makes her like me more. Yeah. And we finally like, I, I don't even remember how it happened, but we finally like, like we kissed, you know, we became a couple. Uh-huh. Right. And it was like, it's the fastest hottest heaviest without sexual relations like without having sex with each other like emotional roller coaster of insanity <clears throat> like i don't know why it happens the way it does but it becomes this thing where like we are with each other all the time um we can't keep our hands off each other i remember we were at another bar one night and it was just her and me and we we're like getting drunk and i'm leaning over the bar ordering a beer uh, or ordering a strings or whatever and she pinches my ass mm-hmm and I had never had my ass pinched. Yeah. And and I and I'm like and like I'm you know by a girl in in this kind of way, be it right. flirty or pranky or whatever. Yeah. Just in a way like a girl pinched my ass. Like and I turn around to think my one of my friends are there and like I turn she like gives me this flirtatious smile and I'm just like what the fuck? <laughs> what? Like you know, you get you get a sense of pride yeah. and like you're like, "My oh, god, I'm wanted." Like this is so weird and yep. insane and It's funny how it's the little things like that. Like I remember and I didn't date anybody in high school. I just became friends with all the girls I wanted to date. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that guy. Mm-hmm. But I went with one of them to prom junior year. And just like when she got out of the car when I dropped her off, she was just like, you know, she said, "Babe." You know, it's just like <laughs> and it made me feel like, yeah, all right. <laughs> checked it off the box yeah yeah and th- nothing ever came of it we never you know we were just friends uh-huh. but just like you know thanks for a great night babe yeah and i was like that's what somebody says when they're dating like, <laughs> all right it was like just a check on the box you yeah. know i was like somebody called me babe it's gross yeah <laughs> what? it's so gross yeah it's so weird yeah anyway okay well, so she pinched her ass now <laughs> come to find out that at some point before me she had met another guy okay 
and I don't know what was going on with this other guy, but um, uh, I didn't know that I was in a position where she was internally deciding me or him. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. So she may have been in a kind of a situation that you were with your long distance girlfriend. Or no, something? cause I think we were both new for her. Like, oh, we, it, okay. like literally like weeks before me. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she was mature enough to say like, you know, you're not my boyfriend mm-hmm. and like I'm bound, I'm figuring out who I am and what I want with my life. Yeah. I was not mature enough to handle that or understand that. And, but you pinched my ass. Yeah, but you pinched- <laughs> I'm yours now. You you marked me. You marked me. Yeah, and no, you belong to me. You yeah, know, and right. and the, and not even taking into regard that I had another girl, right? Too that I was balancing some kind of choice with. No, no, no. Now, and when she told you that you guys hadn't had sex yet, we never had sex. You never had sex. Okay, and, all right. Which is part you want the most embarrassing story portion of this. Let's skip to it real quick. Yeah. God, this is disgusting. I hate myself right now for telling all this stuff. <laughs> I really appreciate you doing it. <laughs> we were going to have sex one night and I intimidated myself. Okay. And rolled over and and she's like what are you doing? And I audibly said like I'm striking out. And this would have been the second person I would have ever had sex with. And I'm not good at sex. I'm good now. I'm I'm pretty good now. Sure, yeah. But then no, oh. like god, no. It would mm-hmm. have been like the worst 18 seconds of her life mm-hmm. and all that like flooded into me right and she again mature individual who didn't want to just have sex with someone she wanted to have a connection with someone like right. fucking bully her but for me it represented like a whole uh menagerie of mental anguish and yeah. and and uh i held it up on a pedestal of something right. maybe that wasn't as serious as it was and on the other hand was a different kind of serious mm-hmm. just not in what it was in my mind sure you know? And again, there's yeah. an aspect of conquest to it. That yeah. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not up for the, the, the battle or the, you know, the battle's not the right word, but yeah. the, the challenge or, you know, whatever. Right. Know. Yeah. So in that moment, were you just thinking about all the things that we talked about before where it's like, she's so much hotter than me. So much hotter than stuff, me. You know? Yeah. Uh, has a better life than me. Uh, I have another girl somewhere. Uh, so like just so many, so many things. Um, in like six months, I'm going to send you a cease and desist and just be like, <laughs> take this down. There's a fear in me that I'm like, what if she sees this one day and pierces it together? And I'm like, no, but nobody, like, I hope none of my friends ever see this. <laughs> like, I already hear this. Um, God, now, 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 now I've put myself in a position of total fear. Um, so it's going really good, but it turns into this very toxic relationship between her and I of of mind games and pushing and pulling and and like independence and let me be dependent from you and you be independent from me. And like I broke a phone at one point getting in a fight with her and cracked thrown a phone against the wall. And the basis of the fights basically being that like there's another guy or we're not dating. That kind of comes into it, yeah. but not really. What was it about? I I in retrospect, I think we were both trying. I no, I don't want to say both. I, I was trying to, because I want to use my eyes statements as yes. they say. Uh, I was trying to prove my independence not only from her but from everything, right? right? And she didn't like my friends, and I liked my friends. But again, how my town was changing, mm-hmm. and these new people coming in, you know, all of a sudden, like I bought a, uh, she got me to buy a, a white button-up shirt. And I remember mm-hmm. her saying, like, you know, uh, girls like guys with a white button-up shirt. Or one night she 
we were sitting there and she came up next to me and snipped my beard with scissors and fucking like like fucking uh uh, what's his name in the bible uh with the hair gary 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 (laughs) the long-haired gary uh what's his name knocks down the pillars uh what's his name cuts his hair off um god why can't the guy is it jezebel who cuts off his hair could have been oh god i I keep wanting to say bronson and that's so not who it is (laughs) Anyway, um, it was like, (laughs) yeah, it was Charles, the Bible's very own Charles. She like snipped off my beard and like trimmed my beard to become like this five o'clock shadow kind Uh of thing. Right. And like there was a transformation in my identity that I was allowing, but also like I'd stopped hanging out with my friends. Really? I kind of would like insult them and shit like that. Like I'm wearing tight pants now, you know, like skinny jeans now. And it's just like, and this is over like a couple month period. And Mm -hmm. And my life is true. I'm shopping at a health food store to eat my lunch, you know, instead of the pizza place. And it's just like things are slowly transforming in a way that is out of my control. And I still want to maintain my independence from that. And I think that put me through a lot of mental, like it gave me an identity crisis. Like the year after this, like I was not anybody. I was a horrible shell of a human being. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. I was, maybe was suicidal. I don't think I was suicidal because I never thought about killing myself. Okay. But I just that, like that didn't want to exist. What's what's not being suicidal? Just want to be out of existence. <sighs> like you don't want to kill yourself. You right. just want to never have been there in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Deatomizing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. I hope people are laughing because at yeah. any point, because you said this was supposed to be something we could laugh at. I, anyway, so it like, I remember one time we got in a fight um, over like, like, like the populations of schools and where she came from. And like, it became a thing about privilege too. Right. And my ideas of privilege, not her ideas of privilege, but what I was projecting onto who she was and who she represented to me. I remember at one point she was talking about where she was going to be moving. And I made up a whole thing of like, I might move to Seattle. You know, and like this pipe dream of that, that wasn't really going to happen. I didn't have the money to go start a life on my own somewhere. Sure. And just like it was things like that of declaring my figuring out my identity and and allowing my identity to be informed by this by this thing that I wasn't realizing I had I had placed in my mind as a trophy. Like I won something. I remember when I was in 11th grade, I this happened to me like this was like a smaller version of it but like this babe of a girl traditional sense um and not something i would not something god damn it not someone i would date right but she liked me and and i wound up dating her Mm. and one of my teachers called me up a dude called me up to his desk it was like hey brian i heard you're dating so and so and i'm like yeah and he goes all right man and gives me a fucking fist bump wow right and there's and 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 it's kind of like that that south park like nice yeah yeah. you're like that's gross yeah that's a gross horrible thing yeah and at the time you're like yeah 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 that's right yeah cool guy yeah teacher. <laughs> cool guy teacher yeah I impressed him yeah i'm and, doing it right and like people in the school same thing and you're like right. well now you've taken the identity away from this individual who i'm with right and and i've taken away the identity of this individual and 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 now putting myself in a position that do I like this individual because of who they are or what they represent. Right. And I think at a certain point, like I really liked Allison for who she was, Mm -hmm. but there was a portion of me that was afraid that that wasn't true. 
Right. That wasn't true inside of myself. You were just telling yourself that you liked her for those things. Right. Exactly. So it gets to a point, like, I remember she said, I love you to me at one point. And I was just like, oh, thank you. Like, I didn't respond. Yeah. And there was a part of me where I was like, yeah, I think I do love her. But in retrospect, I'm like, maybe it was infatuation. You know, Mm. maybe, maybe that's what it was. Or like one time. Like she had a huge, I think it was like a king size bed with those big fluffy blankets, you know, like, like again, soap commercial aesthetic. And I lived in a like seven foot by like four foot room that was once a computer room in a friend's house with a mattress on the floor and just like marijuana paraphernalia everywhere and a, and a, 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 like a, 18 inch television in a closet right and like that was my life i remember one time one of the the the, my landlord's dogs pissed on my mattress right and she comes over and my mattress is standing up and i tried to clean it as best i can and and this was a great example of how she wasn't what i was thinking she was this dog had pissed on my mattress and i was like well we can't stay here tonight and she just flipped the mattress over and she's like it's no big deal yeah. And I, and it was mind blowing. Yeah. It was mind blowing. And that's when I was like, maybe I do love this girl. Like, right. holy shit. Yeah. Um, and it, and it be, it, but it became more and more fights, mm-hmm. you know, and passionate fights that my girlfriend, my current girlfriend, who I love very much, and we will be married one day. We've been together eight years and like we've had maybe four fights in eight years. And yeah. I'm not saying that as a bragging, right. right? But we're just so open and honest. And sometimes I say to her, I was like, I, like, I'm like, is there something wrong with our relationship that we don't have screaming matches? Right. Because you hear that a lot. Or it's uh-huh. like, well, if you're not fighting, then it's not working or yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I grew up in like a volatile, like poor Irish Catholic home. And my parents weren't like the typical Irish Catholic drunks or anything. They didn't drink or like do drugs or anything, but you know, poor packed house. There's a lot of stress, right? There was a lot of screaming matches growing up. Right. And I don't know, that might be part of what I expect from a relationship with people fucking fighting. Right. And so with this girl, there was a lot of fights. There was a lot of people fighting like passionate, like yet screaming matches, especially towards the end. And, uh, so we get to a point where now she's very standoffish and I don't know what's happened. So it's the opposite of, of the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And where I had no basis for understanding of why she liked me, I had no basis or understanding of why now she's becoming standoffish. Right. So to combat that, I become standoffish and right. I cut my nose despite my face. Right. Just like to, really. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's pour salt in the, like why, why face it head on and be honest and talk right. with someone? Yeah. Huh? No, this is a, this is a competition. This isn't a relationship. This is, I will one up you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and like, she knew I once had a crush on this girl in town who became one of my, it was like one of my good friends. And I would like hang out with that girl purposely. And she'd be like, where are you? And I'd be like, Oh, this is where I am. And she would show up and it would just be like her grumbling there. Like, you know, things like that versus each other. Is the fact that you guys still haven't had sex. Does that play a part in all this? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Or does it not really affect it? I, from your perspective, think in a subconscious way for me, it probably did. Um, like I definitely had like lots of hangups about what sex was and why and 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 not being that great at it and yeah yeah so subconsciously I'm sure that was there mm. but not really yeah like I on the surface I it, it wasn't it was the it was just the relationship itself sure. yeah. yeah just seemed very volatile okay. yeah yeah and yeah. it just got worse and worse and worse so we get to this final night where Brian Murnane becomes the 
the the villain, the scariest fucking person in the world. Just okay. a, a fucking asshole. Um, one of my best friends, who's still my best friend, one of my best friends to this day, he uh, was in the midst of like a really tumultuous relationship for different reasons with a woman who was ill and was probably going to die. And so we drank a bottle of Evan Williams between the two of us. Great. As you do. Great. Yeah. Great start. Because our identity is alcohol. Right. And there's another one of these dance parties going on, and I'm with all my friends, my real friends. Mm. You know, we're having a great time, and Allison shows up, and she immediately wants to leave, you know? And, and I think she's kind of drunk or whatnot. And I'm, like, teetering on the edge of, like, blackout. I'm, mm. I'm browning out, right? And yeah. it's like, and at this point, I don't know if we like each other anymore, and I don't know if we should be around each other anymore. But there's also a part of me that's like, I can't lose this new identity and I can't lose this 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 trophy that yeah. I've gotten. And this is something so monumental and important. Like, I deserve this. Like, And I walk her home and for the first time ever, she doesn't invite me inside. She just says, good night. Uh-huh. Good night, kiss or anything like that. And so... Now here's the sliding doors, the the David Lynch sliding doors, or the the fucking Wes Craven version of sliding doors, where there's a moment where I could walk away, go back to the party, and be the independent individual that I think I am. Right. But no, I am sitting in the balcony of my brain, letting uh, the identity of of a drunk be who I was that at that moment, and I'm so shit faced that I stand in her backyard for like a minute, two minutes, I, I think. And I slide open the storm door and I'm just like, Allison, Allison. And she like comes out and I'm like, what the fuck? And I lose it. Mm. I lose it. I go nuts. I'm crying. I probably looked like the, like a maniac and probably she thought I was going to do something violent. Yeah. I wasn't going to, I, right. I'm, I mean, I don't know, but I've never done that in my life. I've like, I, I abhor that kind of stuff, but sure. I can be verbally, abusive yeah. i'm really good with words when nice. i want to be and you throw a little liquor on top of that <laughs> like uh, i've gotten choke slammed through a couple bar doors you know like <laughs> and so i lose it and i'm trying to figure out why she won't let, like ask me in which it's her prerogative she she has agency as an individual just because this has happened before doesn't mean it's not my girlfriend uh just because she said i love you doesn't mean she owes me anything you right psycho piece of shit like and so I lose it and I'm crying and I probably look like a, a loser and a wuss. And like, like again, all the real girls, like I've become that guy. And yeah. I go on to see all the real girls probably like three months later and <laughs> it really drives me insane. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, like, why, why can't we be together? Like, why didn't you invite me inside? You know, and, and these things of like my friends that I left at this party and this party I could be at right now. And like, like what I'm wearing and who I am and this girl and like all these things are like colliding in this, in this chaotic, like a uh, 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 particle accelerator in my brain. Yeah. And who knows what I said? Like it was, it was probably some horrible shit, but I remember like trying to figure out why she wouldn't let me inside. And like, I asked her like, it's like, are you dying? You know, is it this other guy? Like just crazy shit. And I was like, I don't want to fucking talk to you anymore. I don't want to ever see you again. And I'm like crying. And I think she's crying. Uh, I think I hugged her like a couple times and it was, and it was, pro- it was probably so traumatic for her. And I feel so awful about doing it just like, and I like, I, I think I picked up a cooler as I walked away and like threw it against the fence and, and I'm outside her house, like in the street walking away and just like, I just scream fuck like as loud as I can. And then like I turn the corner and I scream it again. Right. Mm. And 
from my perspective, that's just me unleashing the energy. Sure. Right. And then you think about it and you're like, here's this individual who just saw this lunatic drunk have a verbal meltdown in her backyard. And now he's outside screaming, fuck, like, where is he? Is he waiting in my backyard? Is he going to break open my doors? Like it was probably, I probably scared the shit out of her. Yeah. And, and, and it was all that, like, it's all that identity politics of, of not identity politics. That's what alt-right losers say, I, mm-hmm. uh, but identity definitions and, and, uh, um, the classism and, and the wise and the letting alcohol be my driver, you know, and just like all that shit turning me into like, there's a reason Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde right. exists exactly. as a story, right? right? Like I was Mr. Hyde. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it sounds like, in, as is often the case, the, you weren't screaming about just... It wasn't really about her letting you in or not. It was all of these other things. And then that was just like the linchpin that kind of blew it all up. Yeah, and right? it was, and it was mean, like a lack of com- conversation, of communication, right. of honesty on my half. Right. You know, letting things boil. Yeah. You know, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm woe to give her any blame for any of it right i'm sure there's some version of it where we could where there was good on both sides right, right but right. or bad on both sides but it's it that moment was all me all piece of shit all like fucked up awful thing mm-hmm. and um i hope like it didn't stick with her i hope it doesn't come up in her memory right but the last conversation we had like the next day I woke up and I just remember like being like so hung over, you know, with your hair, like sticking up and just like baggy eyes. And I'm just like, what did I do last night? Like, like, and then like it creeping in and, and, and me being the shadow left after an atom bomb, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just the silhouette on the wall at this point. And, and I'm immediately depressed. I've immediately got this gut wrenching feeling. I immediately like have uh, not only a, a physical hangover, but an existential one that, yeah. that this is my identity now mm-hmm. for the next like six months. This is the shell of a human being I've become and, and I deserve it. I deserve it. But I've, I broke myself. Yeah. I still have the Evan Williams bottle with a piece of tape on it that says, let this be a reminder to you. That's great. And it sits on my dresser. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's not a trophy. It's like, it's my, uh, uh, portrait of, uh, Dorian Gray, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we kind of, we barely talk, but more it's me pleading with her. Yeah. And I, we have this one last phone call where it's me flailing and crying. Cause now I've lost control of my emotional stability and her saying, you scared me. Yeah was like the last line and me going like, but, but I love you. And then click. And I think that was the last thing we ever said to each wow. other. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh-huh. And I never saw her again. <sighs> like I drove by, by her. Like she was in town for, I think like two or three months more. Right. Yeah. But like we didn't run in the same circles and there was no right. reason for us to run into each other. And maybe she would have been there longer if I didn't. Yeah. You, you were the the kick in the butt she needed to get out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like there was fears of like like I had to avoid her, and it wasn't like I was in jeopardy of becoming a stalker. Or anything. Right, like right. I knew where she worked and shit like that. Like I would never, I it wasn't my infatuation with her anymore. It was now uh, a a deep um, fear of myself and questioning of myself. Right, and I just like. I lost my personality. Mm-hmm. I lost everything after that moment. Like yep. I couldn't enjoy shit. Yeah. Like, and like I would ride my bike and I would just bomb hills thinking about crashing and just like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, and, and like stare off, like I couldn't really, 
my mind wasn't even occupied by anything. It was just like the like the 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 dial tone, right? You know, yeah, just yeah. Like, for fucking months. Yeah. So I, I was. Uh, so how how long did it take, give or take, uh, for you to kind of come out the other side? <laughs> so I spent that summer kind of being like now a miserable, horrible human being, and like taking it out on people, and drinking a lot, and doing crazy, fucked up shit, and. This is so lame, but this is when I came out of it was at the end of that year, observe and report. Yeah. And Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. were both in theaters, right? Yeah. And there you go, guys. That's your schlubby white guy archetypes. <laughs> uh, yep. Seth Rogen and how, Michael Sarah. Yeah. And I go and see these two movies back to back, you yeah. know, and I go by myself. I go to the movies by myself all the time. So this wasn't like yeah. a weird thing. Like yeah, I, I love too. going to the movies by myself. So so I sit and watch both of them and I, and observer report, I watch observer report and I'm like, that's the monster I could be. Mm-hmm. That's like the disgusting, horrible human being I could be. And like, I start to gain perspective on how bad of a person I was and how awful what I did was and how I could have handled it. And maybe at the end of it, I could have had a friendship. Right. Imagine that. Imagine a friendship with the, with a girl of the opposite sex, yeah. like, and someone you trust, like imagine that. Whoa. Um, instead of like, being this mark of like a, a horror figure yeah. in her mind forever. Um, and then I see Scott Pilgrim and I'm 23 years old. So please guys just don't hold this against me. <laughs> yeah. But it gets to that moment where, where Scott Pilgrim's running up the steps and he gets killed and he's doing it for, for uh, the, for this pixie dream girl that he's built in his head. Right. And, and he's for love and he pulls out the sword and everything like that. And he dies and redoes everything. And it's like this moment of uh, Scott Pilgrim gains self-respect. Right. And it was like this, like, like, in my brain like everything rebooted and the lights came back on you know and and all of a sudden i was like oh my god oh my god i don't respect myself i i I haven't forgiven myself for being that person i'm punishing myself maybe justifiably so but i'm not facing up to what i did i'm not understanding what i did i'm not having conversations with myself about it i'm lacking honesty and i'm lacking self-respect that's a big realization Uh uh-huh yeah And but it's, it's great that you had that realization. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, all right, let's curb the drinking. Yeah, you know, let like let's let's figure out what I want to do. Let's find a motivation. Um, I always think about like you know the the seven steps of like is it seven steps in Alcoholics Anonymous or twelve steps? Twelve, 12 steps, yeah. right? Twelve step program. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. Um, not in a sense like I should go do that. So maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, but that was it was my rock bottom. Right. And you get to this point where you're like, like one of the steps is um, uh, apologizing. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a, there's times where like I think about like there's people in your life you could apologize to for things. Minuscule are are huge. Right. Yeah. And those ones that are huge, you when you go to apologize, it's not about that person now right? You're making it about you. So if you get in contact with them, maybe you're bringing up something they don't want to think about anymore, something they've dealt with, and you're trying to heal your own wounds in a very selfish way. And again, you're removing their individuality, right? You know? So it's like, I never contacted this girl again, like never tried to, because I was like, that's what, what's the best outcome that could come from that? Right. Right. I make myself feel better. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, no. And then you're bringing all this shit up for her and she didn't really ask for it. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, that's, it's impressive. I mean, you know, it's great that you had those realizations and then over time we're able to, you know, write the ship. Yeah. So yeah hopefully. I mean, like I, I definitely have like, I've never had a moment like that. Right. Um, before or ever again, like I've had, you know, those, those drunk moments where you and all your friends, male and female are drunk and you mm -hmm. guys become mean drunks with each other. Right. right? Yeah. Like that's, but that moment of just like a thing that if I was watching it, I'd be scared of this individual, right. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's in there and I feel like it's in a lot of dudes. And I think, and that, and that's like one of the reasons I'm like happy not happy, but like willing to share this story is because I think, you know, there's a lot of conversations about the, about toxic masculinity mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, male's identity and, and how we treat whatever our object of, uh, uh, sexual desire is. Right. And I think a lot of men aren't willing to admit these no, that's horrible. That's like making myself sound like I'm better than. Sure. But I, I feel like we should be, we should admit when we've been gross on yeah. all aspects. Oh, definitely. And I can attest to that myself because, and it comes up. It's funny. I don't think about her on a day-to-day -day basis, but given the nature of the show, it does come up because it was like the worst time of my life was there was a girl who, and I always just kind of summarize it like in a jokey way where it's like, you know, I was really into her and um and then every couple of weeks she'd be like hey i'm not really that into you and then i'd be like ah you will soon enough yeah yeah but it is very much a situation where i was very taken by her she was the first person i ever felt like i loved you know and it opened up all these things in me uh -huh. and i was focusing on me and how she was making me feel uh-huh and not really listening to her yeah and then we'd have you know like we we were we were hanging out a lot uh again no sex or anything like sure. that there was a few like drunken makeouts or whatever. yeah yeah but she was being honest and like she would even tell me like she was still seeing her like ex-boyfriend or whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like it was just yeah. madness, but I'd never felt. That and it wasn't before. fine to you for real. No, but you pretended like it was because you felt like this is what I got to do to keep these. Yeah. These uh, this this uh, uh, self-validation and confirmation loop. Yeah. Not self like like out, out outside confirmation loop. She became less of a person and more of a drug that when I was with her, it yep. was like a high. And when I wasn't, I was my, my all of my identity was in her. Right. And she didn't ask for that. Yeah. And she was very honest. Sure. And it got to a point also where it, it got kind of toxic. It was toxic, you know? Yeah. And and I was saying, you know, I mean, um, she came over and I was like, I don't think we should spend time together anymore. And, it, you know, it, it hurt her. And in a way, I think I felt good about that. Sure. Because I, she was hurting me so much because I wasn't listening to her. Uh-huh. And so it was like, okay, well, yeah, now we're just like hurting each other. But really, I'm just hurting myself and her. Right. Um, And, you know, it got... To I sent the stupid like ultimatum email, God. you know, yeah, on Thanksgiving Eve, <laughs> where I just had enough, and I was like, "What are we doing? And what is this? And what is that?" And uh -huh. like, you know, like sent her some songs that you know that summed up how I was feeling, <laughs> and I just said like, "I don't think we should see each other. You know, let's not talk until after the holidays." Mm -hmm. And she didn't, uh, except for to like, you know, I had a, a medical procedure back in Ohio, and she was like, "Hey, I just did you, you know, survive." I uh, thankfully yeah. yes. <laughs> nope, I'm a ghost. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but you know, she sent me a text and was, "Hey, I hope it's going well or whatever." And then I had a very calculated response where I was like, "Trying." I mean, you know, it was really sweet that she did that. But in my fucked up state of mind, I was like, "Well, I can't like let her know how much it means to me." So it's just like, "Thanks," you know, like right. whatever, some dick thing. And then you know, we got back from the holidays, and she had already you know, and she had met somebody, and then 
I mean, it was just a complete, I just put myself in the worst situation ever. And it got to a point where, yeah, she was like dating some guy for a couple weeks and told, and she told me that like, oh, I think I love him. And then I just broke down and was like, but I love you. And, right, right. You know, and that didn't go well. And then I fucking, I, I left, I just need to get out of town. I was also like, that, I wasn't, I was Chain, my diet consisted of cigarettes and grapes and then walking like five miles Why a day. Grapes? I don't know. Because I knew I needed something, but I had no appetite whatsoever. Yeah. And so like... Yeah, dude, watch, I lost I lost like 35 pounds that summer. Yeah. And if you watch season two of Average Joe, I look fucking thin, but I did it in the most unhealthy way possible. Which, and it's always awesome. People are like, you look great. Yeah, exactly. What are you yeah. doing? And, like, and you're well, like, uh, suicidal ideation, uh, depression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so anyway, after all this, we just put out season two of the show. We did all 13 episodes the same day, kind of the binge model. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go visit a friend in uh, Austin and then New Orleans for like Mm -hmm. a week. And then I'll come back. Uh, I drove from L.A. to Austin in one sitting, 20 straight hours. And I wasn't like pushing to get it done. I just was like, I, that's how badly I just need to get out of LA. Uh-huh. I ended up being gone for six months. <laughs> I, I lived with my grandmother in North Carolina for like four months uh, just to erase all of that shit yeah. and come back. And, you know, and like, and we, she was a very, I mean, we had a, a genuine friendship connection. Uh-huh. So, you know, like we still stayed in touch some. And when I got back, we, we kind of had like the, well, we're both, this isn't we know this isn't going to be a thing yeah you know let's just try and be friendly and and she did she was you know supportive and helping me get different guests for the show and anyway um but then i think it just got to a point where like you know we were supposed to meet up and she never responded and then we haven't spoken since and it was probably just she was probably just got to a place where she's like i just don't need this right you know And I mean, I, I was in a relation to that point, too. And I thought, well, maybe I don't really need it either. And it's just like, but it's hard to let that shit go. Yeah. And just be like, OK, well, that was a thing. And it wasn't all bad. And, you know, it brought out a lot of good things in me. But I handled it in the worst way possible. And I think I, another portion of it is and like, again, all my stuff is filtered through a pop culture lens. That's why two movies are what snapped me out of a thing. Right. And yeah. like, and I like, look lost was the big show at the time and i'm still i still love lost and one of the thematic uh polls from lost that like really uh helped me situate my feelings was the idea of self-forgiveness yeah you know like, i think that shows a lot about like yeah you are a fucked up monster person and the only way not to be is to to forgive yourself right. for that moment right yeah. and i don't know how much i've forgiven myself for that but that it was 11 12 years ago yeah. and that was a person i could have been and right it's not a person i know for a fact it's not the person i am and that's the big takeaway yeah hopefully yeah you know? and i oh, and is. there are points where i like um where it comes up in memory right it's it's forever you know, there's those memories that you have of, of gross cringy things you do and they come up in your brain and you do yeah. that like close <laughs> your eyes and you and like for some reason i don't know if it's like conditioning from etch-a-sketch but you shake your head because <laughs> yeah. you think it's gonna erase like you're like why am i even thinking of this moment kind of just to wrap it all up i think because i mean yeah when i got back uh from my sabbatical uh and came back to la I, you know, I, I had gotten past that and it was very difficult. Um, but I still, I think it ultimately, it wasn't until I like figured out myself, mm-hmm. uh, 
that I was able to, yeah, I mean, I went on a bunch of weird dates and I think I was just, I was putting off a desperate vibe of just wanting to be in a relationship. Yes. And that never works, but particularly out here when everyone's like hungry and driven and wanting to like pursue their career. Right. You know, you can't just like second date. I mean, it's not like I was like, will you marry me? But you know, I think my <laughs> vibe enough. was just desperate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it took until finally, you know, like I met my girlfriend at a summer camp we were both working at. Uh-huh. And it was the fact that we saw each other every day and actually just got to like know each other as people right. before anything else happened that it didn't throw these expectations on myself. And I was able to just like be myself. And anyway, um, so yeah, I think when you can, for me at least, it was like a combination of, of being comfortable with myself to some degree and then also finding somebody who brings out who you naturally are. Sure, uh, but it's you know yeah it's not about finding somebody who's but also do that but for you gotta you, you gotta, gotta do the work well yeah and you've got to understand who you are exactly you have yeah. to have that idea of of your sense of self exactly right? and before like, anything else can happen yeah exactly and that's the hardest scariest yep thing to do well I'm glad that for the most part it seems we both come out the other side yeah I hope and, so uh, I mean and and like. Again, like I, there is a part of me where I'm like, did I come off like a monster? You really did. All right, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, like, you came off as human, <laughs> truly. Which is and... even scarier because human is the real monster. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, yeah, it's. But I think it's I, I I struggled with it a lot, and I just wanted I wanted to have the I wanted to tell the story without like framing myself as a hero. Yeah. Or f- like I do feel tertiary in the in the the journey itself, and but it was something like if I can be honest about that, like if I'm afraid of it, then it's then it's something that I still have to deal with, right? right? And, exactly. And I don't know. I, there's part of me that's f- afraid of it, and but you know what? Like I'll own it. I'll own it. If yeah. it, it happened to me, I did it, and I think that's part of it too. Is like owning your past mistakes. Right. So like that's part of the self forgiveness exactly. is realizing, hell yeah, I did that mm-hmm. and i'm capable of that and and, and that's the opposite of a, a limitation right like yeah. like know your limitations is the thing to, to that people say but also know your extremes exactly because once you know your extremes that's then you can be a fully realized right. individual you can be self-aware enough to know that like oh i'm I feeling can, these things yeah. i need to hit it down because i know where i can be well, yeah, I can be, yeah it's the jedi way well, uh, to segue to something more benign, uh, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to find me now. Like My creative partner in front of me, uh, Michael Gutierrez, and I have a podcast called The Movie Movie Podcast with Mike and Brian. Okay. Uh, the main conceit is that uh, we're both huge movie nerds, and we made individual lists of movies, um, and... We, you know, we numbered them one through whatever, and mm. we take our picks and we put them side by side. So one and one, two and two, watch them double feature style, and then we reconvene to try and find thematic elements that tie the movies together. Like, okay. We did a double feature. I think it's our best episode of The Godfather and Freddy Got Fingers. <laughs> <clears throat> and it becomes a conversation about sins of the father, about <laughs> responsibility, about uh, uh, patriarchal uh, uh, expectations of yeah. who you're supposed to be. And I think it's pretty good. So, That's awesome. But sure. you could find us just on Apple iPods or whatever, SoundCloud, at the the movie movie podcast with Mike and Brian. If you don't put that whole thing in, like last podcast on the left or whatever will come up. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gog, G-O-G, Brian Bernard. Great. Another biblical reference. Nice. Um well, thank you so much for coming on and, and being open and honest about all this stuff. And uh, sure. hopefully you feel you know good about it. 
I don't know if I feel good, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel uh, like I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the week. I'm going to have my girlfriend listen to it and and see how she feels about it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. Definitely. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I really, like I said, I I enjoyed just having a conversation with Brian. I think uh, he's, he's a thinker. So it was was fun to go off on little sort of tangents and and things, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, you're still having that best day of summer ever. That's all I've got for this week. Until next Wednesday, keep laughing!